can truly, surely, a sigh of relief that 2022 is in the rear view mirror. There was the untimely death of my father and my gangster sister's health crisis and all of us getting COVID and we didn't die. I am here as a testimony to the survival and thriving. No excuses and no patience for pity parties. I'm going to be talking about how to glow up as a podcaster or not. Good black news and words of encouragement and shade if you stupid. What I'm reading, the Dallas Cowboys and other things, football and sports. Pop culture news, donkeys donking and side eye shenanigans. I like the part of the podcast where I talked about over 40 dating and other relationship issues. Quark's Bar, dedicated to podcasts, reality, TV recaps. Join me as I fuss and have a moment as I kick and stomp my way through the next iteration of my life. Join me for this rocking good time. And thank you for listening. What about that? I'm probably going to have to adjust um, the, the settings or the zoom on that, but I don't care. Welcome back to my show. This is Tenfro was reading, and this is your host, Tenfro, recording from this side of Barton in Chattanooga. The next several episodes, I will probably continue to start the show with reasons and trying to work out why I left and why I came back. So I'll start this part of the show with something simple. Why did I go on hiatus? I was just exhausted. I was exhausted because I wasn't having any more fun. I got tired of playing, paying people to participate in my show. I'm the artist, but I had all these people that were coming at me kind of crazy and with a whole bunch of excuses. And it just made the show kind of a grind. Um, I got tired of seeing and commenting on all the negativity and also my obsession with reality TV, there are other podcasters that do an amazing job with the recaps, with their opinions. Um, and it just didn't make a whole bunch of sense for me to basically piggyback on them because they do a good job and they actually get paid for it. Also, if you're going to have a passion project, I've been doing this now going on four or five years, actually about five years now, and you are not going to just automatically get sponsors or advertisers, no matter what you do. I never and I still don't have consistent sponsors. Um, I found out that on my podcast publisher, they 
can use my show to advertise, but I'm not going to necessarily get paid and for those advertisements. It just doesn't work that way. And it was just that the advertisers got to use my show for free, um, and I did not have to share the wealth with them. Because they use the same, or they can insert with this dynamic insertion commercials at several points in my show, but that doesn't necessarily, and my show can get played or downloaded, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to be able to share in the wealth. And you don't really get any of those returns unless you actually get a separate, or unless you actually have a separate contract with the advertisers that you're going to get paid and you really only get paid when you're well over 20,000 to 200,000 downloads or streams per show. And as a uh, indie podcaster from Tennessee, I'm not seeing those types of numbers, even though I'm well over 100,000 total, I'm not seeing those types of numbers per show. And it was also exhausting just putting in all the work, trying to get the topics that would that I'm interested in, doing the research and editing, and still I had nothing to show for it. And so I wanted to go on hiatus to rethink the format, rethink the content, and to really decide if I really wanted to go into my fifth year over 300 episodes. And basically, from a business standpoint, even though I don't have advertisers or sponsorships at this time, <coughs> I still have a tax break that's associated with all the equipment that I use for the show. Um, and the use of my back room, my electricity, my internet, I also I can also claim a percentage of those from a business standpoint. And I'm really not going to post if I don't really have anything to say or if I'm not feeling the content of the show, I'm not going to publish it. I don't owe the advertisers nothing because, number one, I still haven't been paid any type of money. And also, I don't owe, I don't work with engineers. I don't, I'm not working with graphic editors right now, um, even though the person that I was working with was probably one of the most consistent and talented artist that there is. Raphael Crump, big ups to him. Everybody else, yeah, question mark.
instrumental, lift every voice and sing, high key, Fruition Music Inc. What a better way to start celebrating black excellence by celebrating us and our national anthem. just realized how much I really did not like um, reading anymore. It got to a point where it was like a job. So it wasn't like I was having any fun, even though I still love the written word. This was like also the first year that I didn't participate in NaNoWriMo. It's like the national uh, manuscript or novel writing for 2023. And I just lost all interest. I had started writing multiple different screenplays and I submitted a screenplay uh, called No About They're Not Checking For Us or In Plain Sight, which I've changed its name again. But I've now enlisted the help of Dash from Scriptwriter Pro as my, uh, he's actually, um, he's helping me um, in, with encouragement and teaching me the basics of just the not only uh, getting it prepared to, because I it's like a pilot. I think the money is not in these big budget screenplays, although there's a lot online, it seems recently, um, as far as uh, how to come up with a budget, but streaming, it seems to be where it's at. Um, so I've actually, I'm really getting close to completing um, an adaptation from the book that I wrote a few years ago, as well as um, Ready, Set, Kill, um, my pilot for um, a limited series, hopefully on one of the streaming services. So it's pretty dope. I say all of these things to say it wasn't until maybe like the last 30 days that I've actually felt um, encouraged or inspired to um, start writing this pilot again. The premise of the idea is good. I just have to get the get the structure and the dialogue on lock. Um, simple things like what is an act, um, how many scenes, those types of things I'm working out. But in the meantime, I'm actually, it's getting really close. And as this, my new series um, actually is getting ready to start on Black History Month, I'm reading Jonathan Iggs, the best-selling author of Ali, King A Life. And there is a statement by one of his teachers 
Basically, Martin Luther King said, I came to see that God had placed the responsibility on my shoulders, and the more I tried to escape it, the more frustrated I would become. Benjamin Mays, this is the, the guy that um, ran their, um, at Morehouse that is, ran the um, student um, assembly. King became a minister because he had to be one. Um, what I'm finding is that this book, which is over 500 or 600 and some odd pages, basically goes into, delves deeply um, into the psyche and the man that he was. When you actually are someone that is just so great or is played such a pivotal history um, in my right to exist, actually my right to even have this podcast it is just it's absolutely amazing and i owe him and the rest of the civil rights leader um so much because i am allowed to say this i think i just didn't i read something recently where it was just it recently was repealed somewhere down in the south that you now you can't get killed <laughs> or you can't be prosecuted for eyeballing a white person. These are the times that King lived through. His family was pretty well off. Father was a preacher. They lived um, in Atlanta where the up-and-comers, um, the black middle class was allowed to live, even though he, he went to segregated schools. He wasn't even allowed to swim in the... Uh, uh, public pools, um, which I think is sad. Rest in peace to his youngest son, who recently uh, drowned. But I also think that one of uh, Reverend King's siblings also died in that tragic way. Was it brain cancer? I don't know. Let me back up. I believe his uh, brother died of suspicious circumstances in a pool, but his son actually died after a long uh, battle with cancer. God rest his, may he rest in power. But also the king that we didn't know wrestled with depression, probably imposter syndrome. He also, even though he attended Morehouse, he had an eighth grade reading level, even though he had been skipped multiple grades. Um, it's either that he had a learning disability that wasn't recognized and he was skipped ahead because of who his father was and, and, and the brilliance of his sister doing his homework. I'm not sure, but I think it's a little bit of both or all of those things. And what I also found interesting that J. Edgar Hoover, they this book was written, um, they said it was deeply researched, but the book was actually written um, and based on some of the research from declassified uh, files, recently declassified files. J. Edgar Hoover was wiretapping and watching all of us for very long periods of time. A lot of his surveillance tactics were, would be and probably were illegal, but he was a racist and he had to keep an eye on the blacks. He was considered subversive and we just couldn't have that. That's why I think that Lee Harvey Oswald, that 
was the murderer of John F. K. And King's murderer, they knew all of those things were going to happen, but they were remiss in stopping them because they had to be, they had to get got. And I'm wondering if those papers were destroyed or even if they actually exist. I know it's very much a conspiracy theory, but I honestly think they knew when the, the, the shoe was getting fit in the drop. On JFK, uh, Robert F. Kennedy, Martin Luther King, and even to probably a certain extent, Malcolm X. When you talk about equality of all men, they th didn't think that extended to Catholics or to African Americans. So they knew that when the drop was coming and they failed to protect. And I, in the case of Malcolm X, I think he hated, um, he was hated so much, not only by his own people or and the leaders within his sect, uh, but also it was a setup. It can, I'm thinking it can be a setup by the alphabet boys if you fail to act. It's the same thing. You know it's going to happen, so but you fail to act to protect the person that you think is subversive, and I think that's disgusting. And also in the last several months since I have not been recording, Jonathan Majors basically it has been a debacle. Jonathan Majors, his fame, and he's an actor, um, that was set to uh, have become Kang in the Marvel Universe and go on to greater and greater things, but he got caught up in some white girl Karen shit um, and is now known as a, a, a woman beater and abuser. And he said he wanted, he had a pattern of behavior where he wanted um, his women to uh, talk to him like, and pretend to be Coretta Scott King. He's an actor, and from what I'm reading, which I'll delve more into the psyche, um, that is uh, Martin Luther King. He is an actor, probably could have played him on the screen, but his behavior, his lack of ethics, and his just general jackassery he is is no comparison with martin luther king and he needs to add in the words of the great bird dr bernice king he needs to keep the names of her parents out of his mouth because he does not could never walk in their shoes and never had the same respectability as either one of those and for him to use them in that derogatory manner is disgusting also, um, I've been able to read several autobiographies. One of them is the biography written and read on my Audible account by, oh, Lord Jesus, because Johnson, let me, I'm sorry to have this great pause, but This was Walk Through Fire by Sheila Johnson. She's the uh, former wife of 
uh, Bob Johnson of BET, the once and former CEO of BET. And she was from that generation that exists because of Martin Luther King and the workings of Coretta Scott King. Bob Johnson was a wimpy, emotional man that did not know how to treat or support his brilliant wife, who probably was more brilliant than he was. He was verbally and mentally abusive, but he still paid her a billion dollars in the divorce settlement. And even with that, she ended up settling into um, Virginia, creating a resort that a whole bunch of white people hated. But now it's this one um, luxury boutique uh, uh, resort in Northern Virginia. And again, she's laughing all the way to the bank, but nobody, they were asking for to get Bob's signature, did her father, who actually was a jackass. He was a physician, but he always, because of racism, was never allowed to practice uh, ended up running away with the scrub tech, leaving her family destitute. She was slated to go follow along in those same things because if she had stayed with Bob, he would have driven her crazy. But she had actually got the strength to go away, get all that she deserved, and then create the life that had been so denied her on her own terms. Even though she had built, invested her own money and help build BET from the ground up when it was just some uh, almost basically worthless cable uh, channel, even before cable took off, and especially catering to us. But she, for a while there, she thought, it seems like if you read the book, it seems like she didn't think that she could do it. I'm just happy that by the life and the writings of Martin Luther King and also the life and the writings of Miss Sheila Johnson, it encourages me to continue to reach beyond, dare to dream, try to set up my own generational wealth and also create all other streams of income Although this particular platform or um, creative endeavor is not, doesn't really pay for itself, I do get a lot of write-offs, but it's gonna serve as a springboard when I can report on what I'm doing as far as from an economic standpoint, I can use it at that, or I could report on other creative endeavors that I can do. Um, I think the listening audience will like all of those things. I know I will. So in part two, of or next week um, or my next publishing, King of Life, I'll probably take a deeper dive into that as well as um, Walk Through Fire, Sheila Johnson, because I think there's a lot of parallels. The non-acceptance of women in the struggle and how it's more difficult for us to create our own place in history and how it's not even respected 
and then how the struggles from firmly middle class in Atlanta in a segregated South to an international platform. Um, he did all of that thing before that's uh, Reverend King did all those things before he turned 40, but he wouldn't live to see all the fruits of his labor, which in, its, in itself very sad. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. When Jesus washed. That's the entering refrain for probably one of my favorite podcasts, um, The Read, um, with Crystal and Kid Fury. Um, I routinely listen to them, and they've taken multiple over the last couple of years I started let me see I started listening to them um in earnest during the pandemic um and I just realized that I really started listening to podcasts um because now that I'm fully again work from home I don't listen to the radio like I used to I have the ability I have actually a whole surround system and I know that with Bluetooth possibilities. No, it's not Bluetooth. It actually, if you, uh, I have a FM tuner when I had my light display this year and I have the ability to listen to the radio, but I really don't because I spend hours um, listening to my favorite podcasts. My favorite podcasts are Urban. Um, the top three are, um, the Read, uh, Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas, and um, Kingdom Reign. That's actually um, Carlos King's uh, production company, but I also listen to um, hit the podcast as his podcast as well as watch some of his YouTube. Now it would be redundant, but I think you miss a lot on the podcast because even though you could tell it through his voice and he has a very distinctive voice his facial expressions he's so messy and to catch him out and watch his facial expressions while he uh interacts with his guests is just legendary um as of late the last several have been multiple parts where he's interviewed the likes of, um, let's see, Nene Leakes, Kenya Moore, Quad Webb, who I just found out um, yesterday, her real name is Quadria Webb, Mariah, Lakeisha Mariah Huck, um, and... He's had multiple discussions with different other podcasters about Monica. I was calling the girl Monica Herrera. It's actually Monica Garcia. And that's my bad. And he also did a interview weeks ago uh, with, oh, what's that child's name? Because I watched it. And I, the only thing I kept thinking 
was she's going to end up on Remy Ma's show uh, after she gets out of prison, and it's British Williams. British Williams is a former basketball wife from L.A. Um, she basically reported the beginning of this year to federal prison in West Virginia uh, because of fraud charges. I just realized that she basically was trying to explain her breaking the law and she was not happy with the time that she got because she basically had equated herself to people that had stole more and did more harm and got less time than she did. Um, no, she never ripped off um, old people. No, she never um, punched a co-star in the eye from what I can detail from her time on the show, like Jen Shaw, that's who I'm referring to. But she did break the law. And with the 96% um, prosecution, they 96% wins. I've heard that number being tossed around a lot. You're going to do some jail time. She won't going to get probation for what she was actually trying to accomplish or the mess she was trying to throw. Like she was basically saying she was the caretaker of children and she wasn't. She was fresh. She said, well, I'm from oh, St. Louis and they actually will claim your little cousin on and it was okay, but that doesn't make it right. You know what I mean? I, but one of the things that I was actually struck with, not just her, the, uh, it was like, she, you have the audacity to, um, why are you, do you have the audacity to basically prosecute me? And she was basically took great umbrage to that, but his last multi-part, uh, interview with, uh, Mariah Huck. And it's why I am re-watching previous episodes of Married to Medicine. And I realized, and it wasn't until I rewatched the reunion, I realized that I uh, was not... I never really tuned into the show because I did find it quite boring. I mean, because it didn't have the same mess <laughs> as Real Housewives of Atlanta. And in the beginning, I didn't watch that show either. I basically am a latecomer to the Real Housewives series. Um, I didn't watch it. I didn't really watch, I didn't watch Potomac. I didn't real start, again, it was the pandemic. I really never watched any of these shows like that until the pandemic struck and until I have this position. I don't, I ain't really care. And I never really had time. And I realized when these shows actually were premiering, 
I was basically in rapture of being a contract physician. Not just that, I started uh, doing installation like 2012, 2013, when Married to Medicine came out. I had gone, I was still on the road, but I wasn't practicing like that. I actually was IT at that time. And even, and even then, I had, uh, I had a fantasy about Atlanta because I had visited Atlanta like um, for fun. Um, one of my facilities that I covered before they sold it um, was in the north part of the city. Um, when I, again, when I was working IT, so it's just wild, you know, my relationship with that. And everybody knew my age knew about Freaknik. Never went. Um, I knew that the bougie fied rich bougie was there, but the whole mystique and the real reality TV of it all, I did not notice it until the pandemic. So I'm a latecomer to it. And one of the things, and uh, this producer, uh, Carlos King, you know, was part of it all. He was seven, I believe, seven seasons with the producer of Land Housewife. He has many spinoff um, through his production company on a different network. I believe it's like BT and OWN. He has marriage, love and marriage initially was like DC or was it Huntsville or was it simultaneously? I believe love and marriage DC, uh, he created a space for Monique Samuels and that blew up. Um, but he also again went on um, to then pr produce and create uh, Huntsville, um, Detroit. Am I missing any? Oh, and uh, the Bells. And is it Jackson, Mississippi? Who's, who's that group that's in Jackson? No, I think those, the Bell Collective. They're in, um, they're there. And I think, you know, the whole premise of his interview, and I'm going to take it section by section. Um, and again, I know other bloggers like DJ Ricky Sky, Make It Make Sense, Binge Worthy. All of those guys are going to probably do a better job at breaking down his interview with Mariah Huck. I'm only gonna give you a couple of insights. First, Mariah Huck is doing a damn thing. I don't know who she's gotten her work from, but whoever it is, is done some good work. I know black don't crack, but she looks very well maintained. I'm not mad at her. Um, she, at the beginning of the interview with Carlos King, she took him on a um, uh, tour of her production studio with the green room and it was just 
beautiful. I was struck with the fact that we have two producers. She has a production company. He has a production company. Both are in reality TV. And she is the creator and EP of Married to Medicine, which is celebrating its 10th anniversary. She still gets a check from it, evidently. She was talent and she was on the show. She, and I'm sure she got a nice check. What I see in her, and after re-watching the first reunion, is she mad that they pushed her off the show? And did they push her off the show? Yes. They've been, they were gunning for her since season one. You could see Toya and them rolling their eyes season two. And where am I right now? I am right slap in the middle of, I believe it is season three. And I don't think she has made, she made it past this season because this is what I didn't understand. She called herself, y'all are married to Mariah, called herself the queen of the show, never felt that they gave her the due respect or kissed the ring like that the girl Jill, the fake British accent girl from first season, said she's not going to do interact with uh, Mariah until she crawls on her knees and kissed the ring like Corleone. <sighs> Y'all are so funny. Women are so funny. But anyways, nobody kissed the ring. She said it in so many words and straight out during the first year reunion. And it comp compounded itself where she started looking like she over there sucking lemons, like uh, uh, Heavenly said. And she basically, no, they made the decision second season that they were not going to go to any of her events, nor were they going nor was she going to invite them or go to, she was not going to be invited to their events. The way they kind of threw away Quad or succeeded in icing her out, they were not able to ice Mariah out, but it was obvious that she was no longer having fun and, and there was a huge disruption because her and Quiet Webb were actually um, best friends initially. And then they had a falling out because somehow, I think Mariah said, perpetuated some lie about Quad, never forgave her. And then Quad started basically picking fights with all the other women and initially brought on some other chick. And then they fell out. Um, it's just like all of these cycles of who can you trust, who are you friends with, who will you film with, and if you're not under, and my thing is, it's like Carlos, if you don't sign the checks and you get paid a grip, 
You show, you punch in, show up to work, and y'all get these films, and y'all interact. You can't have a show where people are refusing to interact or to film with you. And you can't mean girl people away. You're not flying somebody, that whole thing with Quad, flying her out to Napa and then only to tell her, um, cause you had to put her in her place because of some uh, weird perception if she, because she was a breakout star, that you need to be able to do, live within your lane, be vulnerable and open yourselves up and you too can shine within your own lane. Don't do this mean girl crap and it's all because, and it, call, it comes off as mean girl and y'all messing with her money when all of y'all can eat. The dirtiness of the quad situation this season is why I'm having difficulty staying awake trying to watch this show again because now it's gone back to boring. Now I understood why I didn't watch this show in its entirety and why I've only relegated it to just watching the reunion because all in all the storylines are after the first season or so the storylines are stupid I think these women are bougie Dr. Jackie is underfed and they need to address her eating disorder because <coughs> she's not even athletic looking anymore she looked like a Hank from Georgia she looks unhealthy and her um, cutting up portion sizes for that huge man, her husband, um, it's just the dichotomy of it all. And they trying to portray an image that I get is why Mariah Huck and that other messy girl, Buffy Williams, are trying to destroy the show, which is so sad. Because now they they just seem like a bunch of crabs. You know, crabs, when you boil them, they come out, but they try to pull one of them in, you know, cut off the nose to spite the face, you know. And I think what I'm seeing on the show is only a snippet of how it probably was for the producers and the rest of Bravo dealing with Mariah. She is headstrong. She had her vision about what the show should be. And it was, and, and if they weren't going to do or capitulate and give her free reign, then she was going to be miserable. She wasn't going to do what they, and she, it was every going to be an argument because I'm sure she was questioning everything. I'm sure she was difficult and it doesn't make any sense that both and i'm watching this and i don't know if they're going to bring it up because he asked her one of the things she did make a comment quad web um she it doesn't make a whole bunch of sense for her to be on the show because she's not married anymore married to uh uh dr g anymore dr g has remarried sweet tea who they're trying to ice out again. But other than that, if Quad Webb was the breakout of the show star, why didn't she, she could have gotten a spinoff. They could have shown one, the courtship with Dr. G and Sweet Tea. That would have been a great storyline as well as 
uh, Quad Webb rebuilding her life and going her own way after the divorce and then would have gotten a whole other spinoff. I think I saw uh, in one of the interviews with Carlos King and Dr. Um, Heavenly that they were trying to do a Married in Medicine in D.C. or the cast went up there and had was interviewed with Al Sharpton in the Million Man March or something like that, or March on Washington in celebration of that. But why didn't we see a Married to Medicine DC? Why didn't we, and I, that would have been dope because there's a huge um, group of African-American, black and brown, other group of medical profession in the DC, Northern Virginia, bougie ass, and Richmond. You know, Houston, Dallas, Miami. You know, there is a huge groups of us, and this concept could have been perpetuated, but I think it got bogged down in the fact of the Mariah of it all. As the creator of the show, who was also talented, talent, her inability to bend and to either cultivate a relationship, a true relationship and symbiosis with the other, the cast member and uh, probably other people with production was the death nail in replicating this franchise in other cities. The reason why Carlos King has been able to do this successfully is number one, you can't tell me, both of you have production companies, have other creative ideas, but you could not have done the same thing as Carlos has did in Detroit, Huntsville, Jackson, Mississippi of all places, and DC, you can't tell me that. And in a in a age where we're seeing these shows disappear, we're not quite sure about what's going on with Real Housewives of Atlanta, the crown jewel at Bravo. They're going to need to put unless they do some real changes, and we get and they basically stop phoning it in. unless they really redo Potomac, there is a reckoning that's here. I hate to use the words of old skinny girl, Bethany Frankel, but the Housewives franchise, either they're gonna to need to change the focus and the zeal of the production companies that they need to take a page out of Carlos King's playbook. His ability to encourage the talent, whoever he was producing, to give their all, be vulnerable, be open, and do the Teresa Gudice of it all. And you should be able to effectively do that and actually create great TV. 
and compelling and give a compelling story without being fake, without the drama, because you can actually have a pretty damn good season without a lot of the mess. I think to a certain extent, the, rebo the rebooted younger cast of Real Housewives of New York kind of attempted to do it. All I'm seeing is all of these more stage shows with their same groups. Either you're gonna sink or swim, either you're gonna have to be real, or you don't get another contract. But you don't get a contract and you don't allow other cast members to mess with my money, especially if I'm showing up and doing the work and you don't allow them to mess with other people's money because of those reasons. You gotta be open and truthful, and if you don't, you don't come back, AKA Robin Dixon. How you gonna put your most of your story behind a paywall when you getting paid a grip to tell those stories online? That's the same thing with Drew Sedora at Real Housewives of Atlanta. But you don't get to ice me out, Candace Dillard Bassett, Giselle Bryant, don't get to basically call the shots to add, ice someone, another cast member out if they're punching in and doing the work and, be, and the vulnerability. That's not your stick. And if you're gonna continue to make poor decisions and it's not in the best interest of the show, you don't get to be talent. And I think that's where I can, I can see it in all of these interactions with these women. I'm, and I'm still floored. I did not realize that how, what Mariah had all she had done for Married to Medicine and not to get a spinoff and then still get pushed off the show by other talent. They basically, she says she didn't because they just didn't renew her contract. But how could you be the producer of the show and the creator of the show, and they and you and they not renew your contract. What kind of BS is that? And do you know how horrible of a person or difficult of a re working relationship you actually have to have for them not to give the creator of the show a new contract? And her vision for being having power in front of the scene, um, and in back of the scene. It didn't work out because I think a lot of it went to her head. And she never could cultivate the continuous relationships required to actually get not only the cast, but production to be able to want to continue the franchise, want to continue to show with her in it, as well as continue the franchise and branch off. It was a loss and wasted opportunity. Great concept. It could have been reproducible, but the Mariah, she Mariah hucked it all up. So how crazy is that? <laughs> she Mariah hucked it up. <laughs> also, I never knew who, which housewife lied on Carlos King. It's probably 
that she heard that Candy and Todd wanted to drug her and engage in sexual acts. Who did she hear that from? It was it was Phaedra, so it was what I thought. That the room full, the cast, and all the crew pull name out of a hat. What I also find strange, Carlos speaks on his podcast. I listen to his show, I don't know. So I'm not so No, and did he quit in the middle of filming? No, I don't think so. He was always going to leave for what he said because he had his all other shows. So he, they bring that up. And I don't think if he had been behind that disparaging of T that he would have been able to produce and go on with anything in the industry. And it just goes to show how much she how the willingness of Phaedra Parks to lie, et cetera, et cetera. But that's just old tea. It's not even tea. It's just brown water at this point. So it ain't even tea, child. But what else? I like this part of my show because not only do I get to talk about some of my interesting points of other podcasters, because again, There are other podcasters doing and are very entertaining, probably more so than me, but I do have an opinion on what they're saying. And it also encourages me to relook and take a second look to find out why are these people that they're talking about or doing the things that they're doing? Because I'm going to watch some of these same shows and some of the same shows I'm not going to watch. Because if what they can't, if they, what they're telling me, is not interesting enough, I'm not going to take the time to watch it. There's very little that I really want to watch that I'm looking forward to watching. And that's why I'm doing a compilation of all the reunions for Married to Medicine. Um, I keep going back to this. Um, a lot of what's on TV right now is boring and it's so stupid. Um, Salt Lake is nailed down as... Now that I know that Monica Garcia is not coming back, there's no right, no reason I'm going to watch the Karens. I'm not, I'm not the Mormon Karens. I'm not fitting to do that. Um, Atlanta is on a, a hiatus because they're trying to figure out who to keep and who to go, who to keep and who to, who needs to go. Marlo, Drew, Sonya, you're nice, but stick to sports. Sheree, you're not giving us anything but fakery. So there you go. I don't. And then I, I'm just thinking about another spinoff, After Wives Club, I'm thinking about. Um, and why didn't, or why didn't, or why wouldn't 
all of these great and dynamic people from these franchises, why didn't they go on to do other great things? Were they blackball or did they blackball themselves? And do they have the correct insight to believe why they couldn't move on to something else? I mean, a lot of them like are so talented. Nene did have an acting career that she got big headed with that. I think this is just my opinion. And then we got, what's his name? Ryan, because he's actually doing the swans. Um, he did her, she was uh, in um, not just Glee, but in that other show where she was the uh, personal assistant um, to the gay couple. And it only ran for one season and got shut down. And then she went back to Housewives. I don't think she ever found the balance about how to use that as a platform to catapult her to something else. She didn't do a Jocelyn Hernandez of it all and get and lock up her show on Zeus. Um, and she seemed to be spinning her wheels for a number of years. I would like to see her, Monique Samuels, Portia married well. I think she's gonna be fine. Now we got Monica Garcia that has been pushed out and why, and she actually is going to be able to continue. You mean to tell me they keep covering up for Jen Shaw, but they can't figure out how to integrate Monica Garcia back into this group without it looking not petty and elitist? Okay, y'all. Okay. And why doesn't Quad Web have her own spinoff? And why doesn't Married to Medicine have its own spinoffs? These are the questions that I have been able to answer, you know, or come up with other ideas of a show. And I think that's what the whole genre or reality TV or entertainment should do. It should inspire you to think of other things. And in me, it inspired me to think of other shows that I would like to see. The women that I've actually mentioned are <clears throat> some of the most compelling and interesting reality TV stars, but we haven't seen them on anything else. And I'm wondering, do they have the insight outside of the blame game of why they don't have their own other spinoff based on the previous shows that they were on? And why don't they have spinoffs like Candy Burris? I know she's a company person and she, 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 except for this last season, she showed up and showed out and her family was involved to her, almost to her detriment, but she's not. But even, I think the worst mother on reality TV is Mama D. And you could talk about Candy's mama, but you shouldn't, Mama Joyce. Mama D and Mariah Huck's mama, Lucy. Mo M mama D and Lucy are right up there together. Mama Joyce is great compared to those crazy heifers. And the reality of how crazy 
uh, mom, um, Mariah Huck's mama is. You can't see it until you watch the reunion and her interaction because Mariah and Toya got into it. Who else got into a fight? It was um, Quad and Lisa, I believe. That was crazy. And also, that brings back another thing. Monique's, they were gunning for Monique Samuels was too pretty, too real to be on Real Housewives of Potomac. Couldn't stand it. They could have figured out how to integrate her back into the fold if those women on Married to Medicine could have figured that out. All of the scrapping that Portia did on Real Housewives of Atlanta, they could have figured out how Monique Samuels could have been forgiven and integrated back into that group. I'm just saying. We got Jen Shaw busting people in the eye and people covering up for her, still covering up for her. And y'all mean to tell me y'all can't figure out how to get these women back in. And Candace now is seeing how it is to be iced out. And I think she also knows that she's not going to get renewed. She's not coming back. So what are you going to do? Are they planning a spinoff for you? Is it going to be you singing as a lounge lizard in one of your husband's restaurants? You know, after and at opening, as he opens up a series of restaurants, because that would be dope. Because people would come because you actually are a great singer. You know, that would be a vibe that I would actually sign up to watch. But is anybody offering you those things or are you um, pitching those types of ideas to the execs and are they receptive to it because they see you as a liability and that's what the balance is from liability to love and you get your own show and a lot of i don't think a lot of these women have figured out that balance some People have done it well, Candy Burris. But some people have not. And it's just sad to me the how we're the public are not getting good quality TV because the talent is crazy. <laughs> And they haven't figured out what this balance is. And it's someone like, it took me watching a part of an interview with Mariah Huck, but also getting a great understanding is when you, just because you are talented and beautiful, if you rub enough people the wrong way, you're not going to be able to um, bask in the dream, You're, nobody's gonna see your dream if people hate you. If you can't get any of the trust, because the people that could also be on a platform to 
actually support your platform, if, if they're the same people that hate you, no, you're not going to get the support. The platform is still going to fall. And it's just a sad world that we or don't get the opportunity to enjoy um, everything that seeing this dynamic group of people because they hate your ass. <laughs> and that's one of the things that it cracks me up. But anyways, what else is going on? Food. Um, I've had the opportunity to eat some great stuff. The dumplings from Milo are the bomb. I'm getting ready to order the faux dumplings, but their regular pork steam dumpling soup dumplings are bomb. Um, I bought my wok and steamer, bamboo steamer, about 20 years ago, and I've been using it consistently just in the last couple of weeks. Who knew? Pack rat, low-key hoarder but I'm glad that's one of the things I kept um, and can find and still works and I didn't ruin. And also, I had the probably the best weekend. Um, I was going to go, I'm such an old lady, but I was actually going to go to Gulfport to gamble at Island View Casinos. And I decided that I was going to keep my money here I was going, I heated up, my got the heater cranked up on my pool, um, enjoyed my hot tub and got scratch tickets. Probably spent just the amount of money on scratch tickets and cold beer than I would have and slept in my own bed, uh, had my own heater, trying to um, convince my dog she needed to get out and give back me the majority of my queen size bed, but it was all mine. And I was had the more opportunity to enjoy my own house. And that's dope to me. Had top shelf martinis, great Corona beer, hot tub with only me in it, a, a pool with only me in it, and just having a great relaxing weekend that is staycationing to me and i did not have to drive six hours and camp out to do it although my camper is dope it still does not take the place of my hundred year old house from room not feeling the cold and just having the space to think and it was just great And that's it for this episode of Tenfro is Reading. You know, I talked cash-ish all last year. I hope the listening audience will continue to enjoy my opinion and not so subtle shade. I mean, I'm 2,000 listeners per episode in, so go run tell that haters. I may take it on the road if I get hint hint sponsorship. Navigate to dalesangelsinc.blog for swag and extended podcast notes. Don't forget to hit like or leave a five-star review. It gets me on top of the algorithms and it may just get you on my show. 2023's motto is boss up and get the bag. And as always, tell a friend and thank you for listening.